Hello and welcome. Today is a live coaching call episode. So this episode is a little different from our typical episodes. Um, Kayla won't be joining us, but she will be back next time. And I'm going to record a chat that I have with a mom that I've worked with. And we just kind of talk through some sleep issues that she's experiencing chat through some troubleshooting. And I'm just excited for you guys to listen and kind of be a fly on the wall and, and see what we talk about and what we discuss. So let's hop in. Hey mama, this is Carrianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing, so we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. to have you with me today and to get to talk about Owen's sleep a little bit. Um, I do just want to quickly mention, you know, that we have worked together previously. And so honor or Owen is now seven months. And I believe when we worked together, he was five months. Does that sound right? Honor? Yes, that is right. Awesome. Well, can you share with us just a little about what you were previously struggling with when we sleep trained? Yeah. So after the four month sleep regression and sort of leading up until that, um, he was an okay sleeper at first. And then it sort of got progressively worse to the point where he pretty much had every sleep prop you could imagine. So we were rocking him, bouncing him, holding him to sleep. Um, he needed to have a binky or he wouldn't go to sleep. Um, we had, of course, the blackout curtains, white noise machine going. So everything that you can imagine trying to get a baby to sleep is what we were doing. And we kind of ended up in an unsafe position where we were sleeping with him throughout the night and holding him for the entirety of the night. And if we tried to put him down, he would scream. So my husband and I were really sort of taking two to three hour shifts, um, holding him through the entire night. Same thing with naps. He definitely wouldn't go down for naps. And so uh, <laughs> contact napper and then contact overnight sleeper as well. Yes. Yes. I remember. I distinctly remember how you guys were like just having to take those shifts, like sleeping upright, holding mm -hmm. him, you know, like just, yeah not, not restorative for anybody. I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> definitely a lot of exhaustion going on. Yes. Yes. So tell me a little, I know right now today, we're going to talk about some of his naps that have been shortening. Um, but apart from that issue, what does sleep look like for you guys now on this side of sleep training? Yeah. So now when we put him down, especially for overnight sleep, we have a pretty, a pretty lengthy bedtime routine that we enjoy doing, um, that we've done since he was real young. So we kind of go through that, which is the normal, you know, bath book, song, feed, all those sorts of things. And then we put him down awake. 
Um, and then sometimes he ends up going straight to sleep. Sometimes it might be five to 10 minutes, but typically no crying. Sometimes he's just kind of in there talking to himself um, and then goes to sleep. Um, we're still doing one middle of the night feed around three to four in the morning, um, which I'm totally fine with when he normally doesn't wake up until that feed. And then he goes straight back to sleep and then wakes up usually between seven and seven thirty in the morning. That's awesome. Yay. I love that. I love just seeing the difference there. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. So tell me now kind of what you guys are struggling with, with those shorter naps, because he was taking some longer ones. Now they've kind Mm -hmm. of narrowed back down. So fill me in on that. Yeah. So he was doing really well with his first two naps. They were normally between an hour and two hours each, uh, right around like three hours between the two of them. And then his last third, like cat nap, we've mostly been holding him for that, which we haven't minded, but the first two naps, he still would go down, no issues. And now it's usually right around that 30 minute mark. He wakes up and he's screaming and we've been kind of letting him hang out in his crib for 15 to 20 minutes. Same thing at daycare where he's in a pack and play in the crib room. They'll kind of let him do his thing for 15 to 20 minutes. Doesn't seem interested at all in going back to sleep. And so after that 20 minutes has passed, we'll just kind of go in there, um, get him up and then he has like, he's, his wake cycles seem to be lengthening to maybe two and a half hours or so. And he's mm-hmm. totally fine the entire time of his wake cycle. So he seems like he's okay. Um, but it's just been really hard to get those naps to extend. I'd probably say about 75% of the time they're those 30 minute naps. Okay. Okay. Well, I do notice some of the things you said that sound good though, right? That he's So during the time when he's awake, he's not seeming like cranky, overtired. You know, it seems like generally he's pretty happy when he's awake. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's good. And then I'm glad that his wake windows, you know, are, are lengthening since he is, I mean, he's getting close to seven months. How far are we from hitting seven months? Um, He'll be seven months in about a week and a half. Okay. Okay. So it could very well be that he is ready for some more awake time and that he's like on the cusp or about to transition to two naps. Um, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why we were seeing some of these shorter naps just because um, he's not having enough awake time. Let me ask you, when you put him down, like for naps one and two, is it taking him a while to fall asleep? Is he kind of like passing right out? What does that look like? Yeah, so it's sort of a mix. Sometimes he will go straight to sleep. Um, If he doesn't go straight to sleep, he ends up normally crying for maybe like around 10 minutes or so before he finally passes out. Okay, okay. Is he seeming super sleepy and tired before you put him down for his naps? Yeah, usually like right around 10 to 15 minutes before we put him down is when he'll start getting um, a little fussy or his attention span seems to really shorten. Like if he's playing with a toy, it's normally he can go a couple minutes, you know, five, 10 minutes. And now he's like, after two minutes, like give me something else. And that just kind of shortens um, until nothing really makes him happy. So Okay. Okay. How long would you say you've been using 
these like two hours and 15 minutes to two and a half hour wake windows. Yeah, I'd probably say like, hmm, maybe the last week or so we've like been conscious of like when we worked together and it was like two and a quarter and then two, I think about a week ago, my husband, and I realized, well, those probably need to be lengthened a little bit now. So probably the last week we've been pretty conscious about trying to make it two and a quarter, two and a half. Okay. Okay. And in that last week, do you feel like you've noticed any difference or kind of just the same, the same, um, frequency of those short naps? Yeah, it's been about the same. He has had a couple of good naps the last few days, but there's still some of those 30 minute ones as well. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Sorry. I know I'm asking like 20 no. questions. <laughs> no, you're just like to be able to build a whole picture in my brain before I say, you know, anything definitively. Um, I also, I know you mentioned on your assessment that like there are some new skills happening kind of right around now too. Tell me more about those. Yeah. So he has started kind of all in the same day. Um, he was rolling um, back to belly and now he's learned to roll belly to back or other opposite. Now he's learned to roll from his back onto his stomach. Um, so he's rolling around like crazy these days. Um, he's learned how to sit up on his own and he's starting to also pull up to stand. Um, so he's been using his crib mm-hmm. to do that. So we just lowered that. And then like our coffee table. <laughs> yeah. So all of those things sort of happened on the same day. <laughs> so oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that, that is a lot too. I'm sure that that is playing somewhat of a role. Although I guess based on what I know, the 30 minute naps have maybe been going on longer than just then those new skills. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. What I would say right now, Honor, um, I would say that just given his age, we're close to seven months. I would either kind of hold, hold tight where you are with your wake windows, give them, you know, a little longer, maybe even increase, um, like that, that second wake window is at like two hours and 15 minutes. Try increasing that to two and a half. See if that helps at all. Um, and then, I mean, after you increase that one, at that point, you're you're probably going to feel pretty maxed out anyways. Like, it's hard to add more awake time and still fit, you know, right. all three naps and bedtime in by eight. Um, so you're, you may be feeling kind of maxed out at that. So I would say if you add there kind of give it a week to see, you know, how he responds, if he responds okay, or if he's still, you know, kind of having those rough naps where they're short and where he's, you know, maybe crying for 10 minutes before he's falling asleep. If you're seeing that still happen, then that's when I'd say, okay, now we've kind of done what we can. And I think we need to start transitioning to two naps instead of three Um, I think that's the next logical step after making some tweaks and giving him extra time. Okay. So even, so when we lengthen this wake cycle, do, are we still expecting around three hours of sleep between naps one and two, if we can get him to keep sleeping? (laughs) 
I mean, I would say given his age, I mean, I definitely like to see him napping for more than 30 minutes at a time for those first two naps, but getting more like an hour and a half out of each of them is probably not super realistic just from a timing standpoint, right? Like if he's taking that long of a first nap, how are we going to fit in, Mm -hmm. you know, that long of a second nap in all of our wake windows? So I would say it's normal as you're nearing that nap transition for the amount that they're napping in a day to be less and that that's okay. Um, And then when we do transition, then, you know, we, we do want and need his nap lengths to get longer so that we help kind of fill that day and make up for the lost third nap. Um, so I'm, I forget when we, when we worked together, did we talk about nap cutoff times? Um, yes. So we had, um, in terms of like not letting him nap more than two hours, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. And then sometimes too, and it just depends on, you know, the, the stage that I'm working with families. Sometimes I will give them like cutoff time. So we have Mm -hmm. to wake from nap three by this time on the clock. We have to wake from nap two Mm -hmm. by this time. Um, we might not have gotten to that point because yeah, it usually it presents itself more that that's something I need to give to families when they're close to a nap transition. You guys would have just been, you know, more new to three naps when we work together. So Mm -hmm. that's probably why. Um, but I would just kind of have some in your brain. So for example, you know, if we are wanting to do bedtime, no later than 8 PM, like in bed, no later than eight, um, then we would need to wake him from his third nap, no later than five 30. Right. Cause then that would give us a two and a half hour window and we could do bed at eight. So kind of keep that mental time, um, in your brain. And then, you know, if we just work backwards from there, I would say we'd probably want to wake no later than what two two fifteen from that second nap. So that you know, we have time to fit a 30 or 45 minute third nap in. Um, So, you know, if we wake him by two o'clock, that means his third nap would start at 4.30. And then that would give us, you know, that time between 4.30 and five for him to potentially take his third nap. Um, So kind of working backwards like that can help. And especially when you're on the cusp of, you know, that nap transition, that that will be helpful so that you're not like, you know, stuck with his second nap ending at three and you're like, well, shoot, he can't make it till bedtime, but we can't fit in a third nap. You know, it just keeps you from that weird in between place. Okay. That Um, makes sense. So is it, does it make sense that probably as we're trying to still keep the third nap in this next week and extend his wake cycles, his bedtime will probably end up being closer to eight o'clock. And then when we end up transitioning to two naps, is it likely that that's going to pop back up a little bit earlier than that? Because now we drop that third nap. So. Yes, exactly. That's very common. So as you're nearing a transition, that bedtime will creep later, ideally not later than eight, if we can control it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you drop a nap, you're going to see that bedtime 
poll earlier, probably even as early as 6 p.m. initially. Um, and then, you know, it kind of that cycle just kind of repeats and bedtime slowly shifting later over several months, later and later until you're close to the next transition and then it shoots back up again. So, yeah, that's kind of what you're looking at. Now, some, you know, Owen might do fine with more of a, um, you know, a set bedtime once you get on two naps rather than feeling like it's always in flux. But for this in-between transitional time, I would just try to be flexible with when that bedtime falls. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think those are kind of our next steps here. Um, you know, and when you are ready to hop to two naps, um, you know, like I said, where you're going to be, you're going to be pretty maxed out on his wake windows. So there's not really a smooth way to just switch to two naps. We kind of just hop to longer wake windows and, and go for it. Um, so with that, you're going to be looking at probably around two hours and 45 minutes for that first window of the day. And then about three hours for the middle window and the last window of the day. Okay. That's so funny. We always joke when he was little and like, oh my gosh, he's awake for 45 minutes. What do you do? And now we're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, he's only awake for two hours and 15 minutes. There's so much to do. So that'll be awesome when it's creeping up to three hours. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, two nap schedules. Those were my favorite because you still get a chunk of time in the morning and the afternoon to like recharge yourself, but you yeah. have so much more time in between naps to like do an outing, you know, go to the library, do something fun. (laughs) Yes. So nice. (laughs) Well, honor, do you have any other like questions or concerns about what we talked about? Anything that, that you're wondering? I think my biggest question is just when we do end up transitioning to, to naps, if he still only sleeping 30 minutes I guess Mm -hmm. it was I don't want to like get back into the habit of like extending those by holding him because I know when we first worked together we were sort of doing that for like a second and third nap while we were working on the first one Mm -hmm. um so I just don't know if there's if we're still running into this issue is there anything else that we could try or is that probably pretty unlikely yeah extending wake cycles and dropping that nap Mm -hmm. that's a good question I would say that the fact that we will be transitioning to two naps and it just seems like since he has those skills to fall Mm -hmm. back asleep, you know, that, that that's naturally going to come back to him as he gets more awake time before, but you know, it doesn't always work out like beautifully like that. So if that's not happening, um, since he does just have already that solid foundation of falling asleep on his own, I would really try not to backtrack into, you know, helping him extend the nap by holding or rocking or whatever. Um, and I would instead, you know, try to try to continue to give him that space when he wakes from a short nap and do that for both naps and just try to do that on repeat every day. And that is going to, you know, as his body adjusts to the two naps and as he kind of figures it out, that will help him to start lengthening those naps on his own. Um, 
And I do think also, I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's bad or anything that you have been holding him for the third nap, but I am wondering if when we just get rid of that third nap, Mm -hmm. if that will just help for consistency's sake for him to, you know, to just naturally be a little more motivated and understand a little more how to connect those nap cycles on his own. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I, I feel like he'll just be getting more of a clear, you know, message response across the board with sleep. And, and I definitely don't say this, like, uh, I don't want you to take this to be like, okay, well, until we drop to two naps, maybe we should start trying to lay him down awake for the third nap. I don't think that's worth doing at this point, you know, because the third nap's on its way out. Um, so I, I wouldn't worry about that, but I do think that when it's gone and we're solidly on two naps, that that will help. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yay. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we got to talk about this. And um, I love just hearing how Owen has progressed. And I think this just, you know, this does a great job of showing like sleep training can make such a difference, but it's also not like a one and done, like, okay, now you have a perfect sleeper forever. Right. Right. Yes. (laughs) It's more that you're, you've given him the tools to be successful, but he's still, growing and changing and, you know, there's going to be hiccups along the way. So I'm glad we were able to talk about this and share it too. Yeah, definitely. It's super helpful. And to your point, even though it's not perfect all the time, it is a lot better (laughs) than it was. (laughs) And I mean, my husband both like feel so much better and are getting back to doing like physical exercise and like eating better just because we have more like mental energy to do these things instead of being exhausted. So it's, it's night and day from where we were and we can't thank you enough. And we recommend you to everybody and tell everybody about you because you really did change our lives. So we really appreciate the help. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. And it was, it was just a pleasure working with you guys. So I'm glad we got to connect again today and thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, It was fun letting you be kind of a fly on the wall during that coaching call. And I hope you know that if you do have an independent sleeper and you just feel like you are struggling with something, whether it be night wakings or early wakings, naps, whether we're talking about needing a schedule tweak or a nap transition, whatever you're struggling with, I do offer 30 minute consult calls for those families who already have independent sleepers. So if that's something that you think you would need, or you just want someone to kind of talk to about your child's sleep and be reassured, I'm going to drop the link for that call in the show notes. So you can always sign up for one if you'd like. Thanks guys.